Hi, everyone. Welcome to localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm Tim Muma, and this is Moving Up the Ladder, a podcast designed to improve your career or business, whether you're a general employee, a manager, or even in an executive position. And while there may be a variety of factors that could prevent people from reaching their full potential in the workplace, perhaps it actually comes down to how we perceive employees, the roles of managers, and some other aspects when it comes to employment. Joining us to talk about some of these areas is Jacob Morgan, the principal and co-founder of Chess Media Group. Jacob, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for coming on the show, of course. And this is one of these topics that sort of gets bantied around a lot, and we'll get into the details in just a moment. But first, I want to give our listeners an idea of where you're coming from. So if you could fill us in a little bit on your professional background. Sure. So most of my time right now is split between a couple areas. So the first part is helping run Chess Media Group. And what we do at Chess Media Group is we work with large and occasionally some mid-sized organizations uh, helping them understand what the future of work looks like, uh, specifically for their organization. So with new technologies, with new workers, with new uh, approaches to, uh, to managing people, we help organizations figure out how, uh, how things are changing. That's one side of things that I do. Uh, the second side is I do a lot of writing. So I have a book that came out at the end of 2012. I have two books that are coming out in 2014, one for Forbes and one for Wiley. And then in addition to that, I do a lot of speaking engagements on behalf of those books. So I, I speak at conferences all over the world. I attend uh, and host webinars. And then the third thing that I do is writing, and we're going to be launching a community in the near future. So we're going to be managing that community as well. So my time is split between... Uh, the writing, the speaking, and the consulting portion. Wow. Well, I appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule to, to talk with us a little bit about, as you mentioned, this idea possibly of uh, the changing workforce, the roles of management. We'll get into some of those things in just a moment. In general, when you look at the landscape of employment and hiring and employees, what's your general take? What's been your experience in terms of what people are looking at? Uh, you hear about the difficulties of you know, finding a job and you hear the employer saying, we don't have the right talent. What do you attribute all of this to or where do you see that disconnect? Well, I think there's actually a lot of things that are happening. So far, as far as where that disconnect is going, it's funny, I was having a conversation with uh, somebody yesterday and he used to be an executive at the, the world's top executive recruiting firm. And he said that, you know, when, when his dad and, and when he were uh, employed full-time, Usually the, the mindset used to be that people have loyalty towards organizations. Mm -hmm. If you look back uh, 40, 50 years ago, uh, or even you know past that, people were very loyal to the companies they used to work for because the employee-employer relationship was very much that, you know, you work here for life, we'll take care of you, you'll get a pension, as long as you don't mind doing the work, we'll take care of you. Right. And so employees were very, were very loyal and they were very committed to the companies that they worked for. Today, that relationship is very different. And uh, the way that this guy explained it to me, his name is Thomas Friel, uh, he said, today's relationship's a little bit different. Today, you can have some of my attention, you can have some of my labor, but my loyalty isn't towards the company anymore. It's towards the managers, it's towards the people, hmm. no longer just toward the company. And so I think that's a very, very different relationship that we're seeing today because instead of people being loyal towards companies, they're being loyal towards the people that they work with. Sure. And so, and you know, pensions and stuff like that, you know, we don't really get that kind of stuff anymore. <laughs> so the relationship's a little bit different. And part of what that means is that people are staying at companies for a couple of years here and there. You know, once things don't go their way, they, they switch. So it's a little bit of a different relationship that we're seeing between the 
the employees and between the employers. You know, there are also a lot of trends that we're seeing that are happening. You know, a new younger generation entering the workforce. We're seeing new technologies enter the workforce, new managerial approaches towards managing employees. So there, there's all sorts of interesting things that are happening. And you couple that with the fact that a lot of people are starting to question the value of colleges, mm-hmm. and you have a very, very interesting scenario. Sure. You know, a lot of people are starting to wonder, is it worth for me to go get a degree, or should I just go work for Uber or for Lyft? or go on Odesk or Elance and start doing my own thing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are starting to question the value of these types of institutions, and I think we're seeing a lot of a lot of interesting things happening. Well, you mentioned the idea of the employee and how their loyalties may be a little bit shifted. Are there other ways in which the employee now is, is different or how they might look in the future in terms of what they expect, what they want out of that job? Uh, you, you touched on a little bit there, but are there other aspects that really are involved with this? Oh, yeah. I think, uh, you know, part of what my next book for Wiley is about is helping people understand what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think there are a lot of interesting things that, that we need to look at. So the first is that by uh, 2020, the majority of the workforce is going to be comprised of millennials. By 2025, it's supposed to be around 75%. So you got to imagine it's going to be 70%, uh, 75% of the workforce is going to be comprised of millennials. And these are people that are uh, used to using social and collaborative technologies in their everyday life. They're people that are used to flexible work environments. So they have a very, very different way of, of going about working and going about doing things. These are also people that value things more than money. Hmm. So, you know, traditionally, most organizations, their, their key pieces of value were that they can pay you more and that they have better benefits. Right. But now we're starting to see that employees of the future are starting to look at and value things above money. They want meaningful work. They want flexible work environments. They want to work for people that they can get along with. They they, they value other things. So it's not just uh, all those other things that we're seeing, but it's also how the future employee wants to work. You know, they don't want to have to come into an office nine to five. Right. Um, They want to be able to work from anywhere. They want to be able to share information. They want to be able to connect with colleagues. They don't want to get 250 emails a day. (laughs) So just the... Just that whole mindset of, of, of how they want to work and what they expect from work is very, very different. In your opinion, and based on your experience, people you've talked to, is this going to work? Will there be enough of a change or shift in the mentality of the organizations to enable people to continue working at these places, to have these companies be able to hire the people they're looking for? Is it going to be a, a big struggle? What do you kind of see based on your experience? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, most organizations, well, I shouldn't say most organizations, many organizations are already making some of these changes. I okay. mean, you look at organizations like uh, Cisco or Whirlpool or Xerox or, um, I, I mean, you name a company, and they're already starting to think about flexible work environments, about creating programs for millennials, about, you know, changing the way they manage, you know, getting rid of annual reviews, you know, Adobe, Expedia, uh, a, a lot of these organizations are thinking and, and realizing that the way that we used to do things in the past is no longer relevant, and they're already experimenting with, with new things. In doing research for my upcoming book, I actually found that there are a lot of organizations that are getting rid of managers altogether. Really? Oh, yeah. Some of these are big manufacturing companies. Some of these are startup companies. And they allow employees to kind of self-organize and choose the work that they want to do and choose where they want to work. And there's no manager delegating or telling you what to do. The Valve, which is you know, a $4 billion gaming company. They created uh, things like Counter-Strike and Half-Life. They don't have managers there. They allow employees to select the work that they want to do. You know, hmm. if, 
you have an idea, you present it to people. If you can put a team together, then that project is a go. Or you can look at what other projects people are working on and join those. But there's nobody there to delegate. There's nobody there to tell you what to do, to you know, look over your shoulder constantly. So absolutely, organizations are very much starting to think about new ways to get work done. I think the challenge is, and one of the reasons why I wrote this book, uh, or am writing this book, is that a lot of people and a lot of organizations, a lot of managers, they can sense that change is happening. Right. Like they, you can feel that it's happening. Like you can tell something is, is different. But a lot of people can't really explain what those changes are, uh, <laughs> what the impact of those changes are going to be, why these changes are happening, and what it's going to look like in the future after these changes are you know, done taking place. And so that's what my next book is all about, is helping people understand and helping paint that picture of what the future of work is going to look like. Well, you mentioned the idea of some companies going away from managers altogether, and it's hard to envision that happening, you know, sort of across the board. But what does that mean for the role of the manager if you do have people in your organization that are seen as, you know, having these direct reports and leading a team? Do they have to adjust in some way then to be able to compensate and unleash the potential of their employees? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, there's a whole section in the, in the new book that's actually going to be devoted to the future manager. And it's interesting because when you look at what the role of a manager was and what it used to be, I mean, managers, their primary function was to make sure that people showed up on time <laughs> and that they were able to do the same job over and over and over. And then essentially that they didn't cause problems. Um, I mean, that's what the role of a manager used to be. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, managers didn't care about the voice of the employee. They didn't care about creativity or innovation or employee engagement. I mean, their job was to make sure that people were just working. And so much of that mentality kind of made its way into a lot of organizations today. And and that is a lot of what's being shifted, is that kind of mentality around what a manager needs to be and what management needs to look like. And so there are a lot of new, you can call them qualities, characteristics, pillars, whatever you want to call them, but there are a lot of new, um, new traits or new pillars that the future manager is going to have. Uh, you know, some of those are things like the ability uh, um, or the notion of following from the front, which is the idea that even though you might be that type of manager, your goal is to serve the employees, not to have the employees serve you. Mm-hmm. And that's a complete 180 shift in, in terms of thinking. Sure. You know, the role of a manager shouldn't be to have to delegate to employees and have the employees serve them. It should be for the manager to help remove obstacles from the path of the employees to help the employees become more successful. Other things that we're seeing is this notion that managers must be leaders. And, you know, the traditional notion of a manager was that they were a leader. But that really wasn't the case. Managers weren't necessarily leaders. They were just in a position of power. Right. They took leadership. They didn't earn it. Whereas managers of the future, they're going to have to earn leadership, right? They're going to have to have followers. They're going to have to have people that respect their ideas, that look up to them. They're going to, you know, it's going to be a very, very different mindset for what a manager is going to look like. So there are a lot of new qualities, characteristics, uh, traits that the future manager is going to have. I mean, those are, those are two of them. I have to, as a side note here, say just whenever you mention uh, managers of the future, when you say it like that, for some reason, I think of a, a sci-fi movie or something that's coming up. So hopefully it doesn't turn yeah. to that where it's all robots and, and, and that sort of thing. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, in some aspects, it's, it seems to be turning that way. When we're talking about all these changes, I don't want to put you on the spot necessarily, and I'm guessing you've probably thought about this in some way. Who is this affecting more? Is it affecting the companies more or is it affecting people who are looking for work? All these changes you're talking about, who do you think it impacts negatively just really stronger? Well, I don't think so much of it as a negative impact. I mean, it's it's an impact that's going to impact everybody 
but I wouldn't necessarily call it a negative impact. I'd call it more of a more of an opportunity. Hmm. And what that means is that, you know, for managers, and it's going to impact everybody, right? For for employees that aren't going to be able to adapt, they're going to have a hard time finding a job, right? For an employee that isn't comfortable with, it's not so much that they're going to have a hard time finding a job; they're going to have a hard time advancing. And I'll give you an example. Uh, let's say you work with an organization where they use a lot of collaborative technology, they have flexible work environments, and a lot of employees do a lot of sharing of, of ideas and thoughts and information. If you're an employee at that company and you're like, oh, you know, I'm not going to share stuff. These are my thoughts. These are my ideas. I'm going to let everybody else share, and I'm going to stay quiet. What happens in that type of environment is that the employees that share, the employees that collaborate, the employees that openly communicate are the ones that get recognized, mm-hmm. right? Those are the employees that managers are going to see and that peers are going to see and hopefully those are the types of employees that are going to advance their careers. If you're quiet within an organization, nobody's going to know who you are, nobody's going to know the work that you're doing on, the contributions that you're making, the ideas that you have, and chances are you're not going to advance as quickly, especially within a larger organization. It's not so much that that employee is going to get fired or that he's going to have a hard time finding a job, but employees that aren't able to adapt, for example, to the idea of, uh, of sharing or openly communicating and collaborating those types of employees might have trouble advancing. It's very similar to what we're seeing in the social media space. You know, you can choose to be on Twitter and Facebook and build up a network and to have a blog and to, you know, share your ideas, or you can choose not to. Mm -hmm. If you do participate and you are active in the social space, you build followers, you get people that read your stuff, you get visibility, you build thought leadership, and you get recognized. If you're quiet and you don't use those technologies, you might have great ideas, but you're not sharing them. Nobody's reading this. You don't have any followers. Nobody knows who you are out there, right? So it's the same thing within companies. You want people to know who you are. You want people to know what what type of stuff you're contributing. And that's for the employee side. Managers, the same thing, right? For managers that have this type of a mentality where you have to come into work nine to five, you have to sit in a cubicle, I have to see you, you have to wear a suit and tie, don't bother me. Those types of managers are going to have two choices. Either they're going to have to adapt and change or they're going to be on their way out because nobody, you know, the future employee does not want to work for that type of a person. And even today, you know, who wants to work for that type of a person <laughs> that, that, that delegates to you, that forces you to commute an hour each way, that forces you to sit in a cubicle, that is, you know, believes in this type of a very strict hierarchy? Nobody wants to work like that, especially now when you have options, mm-hmm. right? You have options for what type of a company you want to work for one that believes in employee engagement and, you know, this voice of the employee and one that doesn't. So managers are either going to have to adapt or they're going to be out the door. And one interesting thing that we're seeing is that I think uh, the recent statistic was that within five years, around 63.3% of all managers are eligible to retire. A lot of those new managerial roles and positions are being taken by millennials, uh, more so than uh, any other generation. Hmm. And so we're seeing this kind of natural shift of new uh, millennial managers entering the workforce, and those managers bring with them these new ideas, these progressive approaches. So there's this kind of natural shift that's happening. But it's not to take away from, you know, there are a lot of really good managers out there that are older, that have been in organizations for a while, that are adapting, and they're doing a fantastic job. Sure. And those types of managers are going to do very, very well. You know, I don't want to make it sound like (laughs) all older managers, you know, a lot of managers are adapting, but there's a small group of people that are just kind of like, I'm not changing, you got to do things my way, mm-hmm. or you leave. Those are the people that are going to need to change or they're going to be gone. I think that's a completely fair assessment, and I like your comparison to the idea of social media and 
engaging in that way, how there are a lot of similarities to your point of what the employees want in their workspace now. Uh, so I, I think people can really latch onto that and appreciate that comparison as well. Another phrase that comes about, and you mentioned it as well uh, in a in the conversation that we had before the show, is this idea of a talent war for large organizations, maybe all organizations. What does that mean to you? What? How do you define that? How does that relate to what we've been talking about? Sure. So I, I kind of touched on it a little bit. Sure. So the key benefit or the, the most value that larger organizations, and it's not just mainly for larger organizations, but I'll, I'll uh, just use the analogy. So large organizations, the key benefit of a larger organization used to be that they they can pay you more, they have more resources, they have better benefits. And so that was the main attractive point to go work for a large company. Oh, they're going to pay me more, they have better resources, I'm going to get great benefits. Right. But if the new employee values things above that, such as flexible work environments, doing meaningful work, then what good is having more money and more resources and better benefits if that's no longer my top priority? Mm-hmm. And so what's happening is that a lot, of other, a lot of employees are going to work for different types of organizations. Organizations need to focus on different things to be able to attract employees, not just being able to pay them more and not just being able to offer better benefits. Now, it's not to say that money and benefits aren't important. I mean, they are. But by far, most millennials and you know, the new workforce that's entering, they value things above money. And so that creates a little bit of a talent war because all these big companies out there and all these well-established companies with big resources are, are starting to fight for talent in a different way, right? They need to think of other things that they can do for employees besides give them more money. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not just that, but we're seeing all sorts of opportunities, right? It's easier to raise money now for your own projects on Kickstarter, on Indiegogo, sure. uh, you know, through, through crowdsourcing. It's easier to take jobs at other companies, right? I mean, you can go drive a car for Uber or Lyft, and they pay, I think, on average $35 an hour, which is seventy grand a year. Huh. Uh, you can go start your own business on Odesk or Elance um, and become a freelancer. So employees or future employees are now starting to think to themselves, wait a minute, working for a company isn't my only option. There are other things that I can do to make money besides go work for an established organization. And it's not only that, but a lot of the new workforce, they're entering the workforce very skeptical. Yeah, I'm an example, right? I mean, I'm, I'm a millennial. <laughs> As I was growing up, I saw my parents both kind of unhappy with their jobs. I mean, my mom made a mid-career switch because she was working at an insurance company. She was so miserable, she went back to school to get a master's degree to become a therapist. So growing up, I had to see how my parents and how my parents' friends would always talk about how unhappy they were with their jobs and with the work that they're doing, and I had to see them commute an hour and a half. And so when I entered the workforce, I kind of, I, you know, I remember that. I'm like, wait a minute, is that really worth it? Mm-hmm. You know, is that that how I want to work? So millennials and the new workforce, they're growing up a little bit skeptical. And there's this whole notion that job security, there's no such thing as job security anymore, right? You can't go work for an organization and assume you're going to be there for life. Companies are going bankrupt. They're making employee layoffs by the thousands. So people aren't becoming as committed to organizations anymore because you don't know how long you're going to be there. So you, you put all this together where, you know, there's no such thing as job security anymore. You have other options. You have new expectations in the way that you want to work. And there's this whole talent war that's happening because organizations are trying to figure out a way to attract talent, even though on average I think millennials are staying at jobs now for around two years uh, and even older generations, you know, they're, they're not staying at companies anymore for 15, 20, 30 years. They're staying for a couple of years and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. So 
organizations are really starting to struggle to figure out how do we get employees to want to work here. And, and one of the ideas that I talk about in the book is creating a, a place where employees want to work, not where they need to work. And it's a big shift because organizations always used to assume that people want to work there because they need to. They're going to work here because they have to pay bills, they have to take care of their family. Instead, organizations need to switch that thinking around and say, what can we do to make employees want to work here, right? If we were to stop paying everybody and, you know, or cut everybody's pay, what would make people still want to come here, right? That's the type of mentality, right? What can we do in our company to still get people to want to work here? Well, Jacob, I think that's a great bow on this conversation and this discussion of, you know, the dynamics of what's going on right now between employees and employers. And as you said, really the different options and opportunities that people have in terms of finding work and you yourself being an example as well. So with that, we are going to wrap things up here. I'm moving up the ladder again, looking to give people a little insight into what is going on in terms of the workforce. We've been speaking with Jacob Morgan. He's the principal and co-founder of Chess Media Group, giving us his perspective today. He also is involved uh, right now writing a couple books that you, uh, as you said, will be released in 2014. So definitely take a look at those. And uh, we might also have Jacob on the show as that time approaches as well. Jacob, thanks again for coming on and sharing the insight with your listeners. We do appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course, we also want to hear from you, the listeners. If you have any thoughts on future topics for us to cover on LJN Radio, just send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Wishing you success in all your endeavors. I'm Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.